Action. That's enough of that. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, a companion podcast to the upcoming documentary Backyard Gardens the Movie, a story about two families growing their first gardens in a world that lacks nutrition. I'm your host and director, Ben Neville. You might be about to cook something and need to make some seasoning, and you don't want to go to the store because it's too expensive. Well, good for you for being here because we are just about to talk about how to make your own seasonings and dry your own food. So today we have our first guest who happens to be my lovely wife, my assistant producer, and a registered nurse at a local hospital here, uh, Kelly Neville. Thanks for having me, Ben. No problem. So you know this isn't a uh, radio show like that. It's cool. (laughs) So when did we start drawing our own food? Do you remember? We probably started drawing our own food about eight years ago. Okay, so eight years ago we started drawing our own food, and we used um, well, well, not we used to. We are big backpackers, and we like to go. And I remember what started us is we went and we bought a bunch of those pre-made backpacking foods. And do you remember when we ate them after a full day of hiking in the mountains? How weak we felt. It was terrible. It was not enough food. Yeah, we had lived up in New England, and it was a great place to live because one of our goals was to hike all the 4,000-foot mountains. And when you're hiking that far and for that long and carrying 30-some pounds, you really need more nutrition than what's packed into those pre-made meals. Yeah, I remember we looked at an actual meal, and it was was like 300 calories and probably about... 1,200 milligrams of sodium. Is that the right term, nurse? Milligrams? It would be milligrams. Okay. And I remember just feeling really weak, so we decided to start drying our own food. And it was right around fall, right? I believe so. That was our favorite time to go hiking. So we went around fall, and we ended up going apple picking. And I think we picked like three bushels. We were overambitious. And um, during this series that we're doing now about food preservation, you'll hear about this Apple experience more and more. But we ran out of ways to start using it. So what we did is we dried and made our own apple chips. And that's what started. Because that was, in my opinion, was really easy to do. Well, and then let's take a step back to we're not just talking about day camping and car camping in a state park. We are hiking with all of our equipment on us. So the goal is to be as light as possible. So that entailed not only were these, you know, prepackaged meals not very nutritious, but they were also extremely heavy, too. Well, they were bulky. So we did these chips and then that kind of started once we do because the way that you do um, the apple chips and we'll go over dehydrators here in a few minutes is you slice them real thin and they dehydrated real fast and so it wasn't really a worry about them going bad like if you did meat or anything like that but it was a good it was a good snack to have i would say 
Yeah, I think we started with the apple chips and then we moved into some of the smaller vegetables like peas and carrots and drying them out to to for a test run. Yeah, we got the uh, the frozen um, frozen vegetables and we dried those out and we made little soup packets. But we then started making our beef jerky. This was before we went vegan. So we started uh, making beef jerky and... I think we only had maybe one or two batches that came out rancid. Yeah, I don't remember, but I know we had a successful batch that we were able to take with us hiking. Yeah, but the only problem was is we got sick and tired of eating beef jerky and cheese because you want to talk about being stopped up after a week eating that, we were done. So that pretty much solidified that we would not be eating any more beef jerky. But um, that kind of started it, and then we had our garden, and we grew a lot of herbs and we started growing our herbs from the garden or uh, drying our herbs from the garden. And that that was really easy. And it was a quick way to kind of preserve our food because we had such a small growing season that my idea was I wanted to have something in the middle of winter to remind because I'm a southern boy. So I wanted to be reminded of the summer in the middle of winter and making our own herbs because that was a good way to do it, but herbs are very expensive in the store, correct? Yeah, extremely expensive. So we started doing that, and the way we did it is we would cut the herbs off the plant, and then I remember we didn't have AC in our house. It was hot, so we would tie a string around the stock, and we would just hang them upside down and let them dry. Yeah, I mean, when you live somewhere where year-round you can grow fresh basil or cilantro, it's great to be able to just walk out to the porch and take a cutting. But anytime you've got fresh herbs that you're just trying to keep around the house, they're they're going to wither or mildew before you can usually eat them all. So the, the drying process really isn't that difficult. It's literally just drying out the herbs. And then we use a... Um, a coffee grinder like a coffee bean grinder and we'll put the herbs into that if I want ground rosemary or uh, ground up basil and then just put them into jars once they're totally dry and I did that with um, mint so this isn't the recipe of the day but if you want to grow mint you have to keep it separated from the rest of your garden because it will take over so I had made its own bed for um, spearmint and peppermint and then as they grew, I would harvest them, dry them, and then I would grind those up and mix them together in about a, um, a one-to-one ratio and make a tea out of it. So that was, we really put a lot of miles on our coffee grinder with that. It was a pain to pull the leaves off, but it, uh, it wasn't too bad and it was saved a lot. I mean, I still have, I don't know, probably half a pound of coffee or not coffee, tea in there. So, you know, I don't have to buy tea for a long time. So that's a, and you can get real creative with the different things you grow for tea. I imagine you could do hibiscus tea fairly easy if you wanted. Um, I was going to say, and not only just edibles, but you can also get into drying things like lavender. Well, chamomile you could use for tea, but you could also use for scented things like scented pillows or any sort of aromatherapy that you may be doing at home at home as well. Man, I th- I'm glad you said that. I need to do chamomile next year. I did that. I still have some chamomile because you harvest the flowers from the chamomile and then you uh just save those and steep them like tea but that's a good one too because you don't need anything to um 
you don't need anything to dry it. You just lay it out on a paper towel or like a old window screen or something and let it dry in the sun or in the shade and then just stick it into some kind of container and then you have chamomile tea. And we did a lot of that. But um, the food dehydrator, we did not get a very expensive one, correct? No, I think because it was our first time we were cautious and just didn't want to spend a whole lot and not be successful so we got uh if you're gonna get a dehydrator i can't really recommend one because we're not currently drying anything we've moved to canning but if you're gonna dry dehydrate your food i would recommend getting a higher end model um ours was probably i think i spent about 30 20 to 30 bucks on it and it did the job okay but it took a long time to get things dry. So we did that. Um, we had that for a while, but I think we finally got rid of it because we just weren't drying as much. But I would look into getting not the highest end, but something middle of the road. And that'll kind of keep you, you know, the quality so it'll dry faster and more efficient. Because you can do a lot of things in there from meat to vegetables, herbs. Um, we tried to make fruit roll-ups once. I don't remember how that worked out, though. They turned out okay. The way the fruit roll-ups worked in the dehydrator was you had to pour the fruit in the bottom, and I don't think it peeled off the bottom very well. The taste was okay, but the the process was a little difficult. But, you know, as far as using dehydrators, technically you could use your home oven, but when you start to talk about getting into dehydrating and cost and efficiency, this is where Ben's right, where you should spend a little bit of extra money because although you could heat your oven and dehydrate, it takes a long time at a very low temperature to properly dehydrate food. Whereas if you buy a dehydrator from the store, then you've got something that's more efficient and uh, isn't going to heat your house up. Right. And if you're going to dehydrate in your oven, you put it on the lowest setting possible and leave it in there. And we use a website called pickyourown.org and they talk about food preservation a lot in there and they have directions in there. I'll put a link in the show notes for you, but that's a really good, and that's pretty much the only website we use at this point for food preservation. Um, they kind of walk you through the whole process. They have a lot of recipes and stuff like that. So it's, it's a real good resource to have. We did, after we got done drying everything and we ground up our herbs, we would mix them and we would make different seasonings. And then we would make, like we said, soup packets. We used a lot of the food for backpacking, but we also snacked on the, the apple chips a lot and we dried bananas. We tried to dry blueberries. The bananas, I don't, did you like them? No, the bananas, we never got the right consistency down because there was, there was, they were either too chewy or they were kind of funky. And I mean, one of the main reasons we want to dry our own food too is if you buy um, dried fruit at the grocery store, you're buying something that's probably coated in sugar. So that's one of the main benefits of doing it yourself at home is you can cut out a lot of the extra calories and sugar content. So, and you can do frozen foods too. It doesn't have to just be what you're growing, but take into account what you're growing. So like this year we could grow tomato, um, sorry, we could dry tomatoes, uh, peppers. What else would you dry? We could dry green beans. You know what? Dried okra might be kind of good because I like okra, but I don't like the slimy portion. Maybe it'll, it would suck the, the, the slime out of it. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Good luck with that. We got to uh, we got to get the studio situated because I'm I'm looking over my my 
my shoulder and make my eyes hurt. <laughs> but so let's see here. When we were backpacking, I was talking about calories and everything. So I found this calorie calculator thing. Uh, hopefully it's not a cheap ad, but let's say we hike for what? Six hours a day. So that's 368 minutes and we'll call it eight miles with a 30 pound pack. Average man, uh, 185 pounds. I think that's average. I don't know. That's my average. So, and we were in the mountains and it was a cheap ad. No, no, it says, it says 4,417. Okay. So 4,417. And then if you factor in all of your other nutrition, you need daily based calorie, 2000 calories a day diet. If you wanted to maintain your strength and everything, you need to eat about five to 6,000 calories and you would probably want to at least double up on your protein. Would you think so, Miss RN? Yes. Okay. So I have one of these mountain house meals here. And just to show you how we came up with it, um, it's 210 calories for the pack. And you would get three servings in it. Uh, and you get 12 grams of protein per serving. And the sodium was 580 milligrams. So if you ate the whole thing, you would get 600 calories, 36 yeah, 36 protein and over 1,500 sodium. So you're really not getting a lot out of it, and they take up a lot of space. So that's why we started doing it. And we could make a soup packet and mix it with crackers or something like that and have like a small piece of cheese afterwards. And we could we had figured it out before, but we could easily match that nutrition with half of the weight and a quarter of the space. So that's why we that's ultimately why we started drawing. We did dry a lot of our own beans, too, which was when we switched to a plant-based diet where we got the majority of our protein from on the longer hiking trips. Yeah, the, the beans were good, too. So anyways, we talked about how to dry your herbs. You just cut them, hang them upside down, or you could, it, you don't have to hang them upside down, but that's just kind of what I did. And then you just leave them where they're going to be warm, and when they're dry and they come off the stock easy, they're ready to grind if you would, if you wish. And the best way to grind them is in the coffee grinder. Uh, I've seen people use, what are those things that they use, the witches in the movies? Mortar and pestle. Yeah, you could do it with that. We, we tried that a couple of times, but it, it made me feel kind of weird. So I didn't do it, but you could do that. You could take it in your hands and rub them back and forth with it in there. You could do it. But I find that a little cheap you know, $5 coffee grinder, electric one will just, you just buzz it a couple times. You can look if it's the consistent you see you want, you're done. And then after I'm done, I just leave the herbs out for maybe another day just to make sure there's no moisture. And then you can bottle them up and you're good. Right. Yeah. And then when do you dry it? Um, whenever you want, you can dry them in the summer. You can, if you're running the dehydrator that we talked about, you could do that anytime. You can buy fresh fr um, fruits and vegetables from the uh, grocery store, and you could do that as well. It's not just what you grow. You can get. What we used to do is we would go when things were in season. So right now, I guess it's the end of peach season, correct? Yeah, for us, it's the tail end of peach season. So right now, you can go into the store and you can get peaches on a pretty good discount they're like super cheap because they're trying to get rid of them and you could stock up on a bunch of ripe peaches and then you could slice them and dry those if you want to so that's a good way to save money and make things last 
because little known fact, I saw this in a documentary called, I watch a lot of documentaries, no, no coincidence and I'm a documentary director, but, um, we watched fed up and I can't remember the other one, but anyways, it was saying that like your dried fruits that you get from the store, they have more sugar in it than your sodas. And I didn't believe it, but I actually had a bag of dried fruit and I looked at it and it broke my heart because I loved eating it. But really what it was, was just a sugar. So when you dry them yourself, you can still add sugar on it, but you have the control to add how much sugar you want. So instead of putting a cup on, you could just sprinkle a little bit on. You could use stevia if you want that, and then you could still get it sweet. Yeah, and I think with the dried fruits, you just have to, again, read your ingredient labels and look to see, is it the real deal? Is it Does it have additives? Are they adding sugar? I mean, because fruits themselves do have a high sugar content, but I want everybody to remember that there's simple sugars and there's more complex sugars and your simple sugars are going to be things that are more processed or things um, like white sugar versus the fruits, even though they're high in sugar, your body's going to process them different and they are better for you. Yeah. And I mean, fruit sugar is good for you, but you definitely want to just pay attention. So and, and our family, particularly what we watch for other than, you know, meats and stuff like that, which we do eat fish and eggs now, but we, uh, we watch for sugar. We try to eat as very little added sugar as we can. And I don't know, at first for me, it sucked. I'm a sugar fiend, so I'm not going to lie, but I mean, I always tell people when I'm up at the hospital, you know, nobody's gotten diabetes from eating too many strawberries, you know, maybe too many strawberry pop tarts. You know, because we're talking about sugar and fat, so. How delicious would a Pop-Tart be right now? I don't know. I bought them for the last backpacking trip we took, and they honestly weren't that good. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is once you stop eating them, eating that sugar, it's nowhere near as good as you thought. So, um, and so the the type of, I just looked it up, the type of dehydrator we had, we had a Nesco, um, and it's okay. And what they are, if you haven't seen one, they're typically square around with multiple la- uh, layers of like a, I don't want to say screen it's a plastic tray that looks like a screen and then you can just stack multiple um, levels of food up and dry it and it'll typically have a knob on it but um, when you look at the cheap ones and then if you go I mean I'm looking at one here um, a $78 one versus a $50 one which isn't a big difference it's got temperature like the other ones will say like fruit vegetable meat setting this one actually has the uh, degrees on it and the plastic um, the trays are you can see through while they dry so you could actually see how your vegetables are or your uh, whatever you're drying is looking so you don't have to keep opening it and closing it which uh, that's not a bad deal we might have to get one only problem is it's in celsius and i'm not really i'm not big on my celsius (laughs) i live in america as they say in north carolina so uh if we could find one in fahrenheit for that price we might actually get one but um yeah so they're good and like in this picture they have um kiwi strawberry dragon fruit um oranges and bananas so there you go and then you can do that multiple if you just spend like it takes a long time to do it and pineapple was another good one yeah, pineapple was really good. Yeah, pineapple was good, good. You take it and put it in your oatmeal. But you can do like a whole, 
like we would take like a whole weekend and we would keep it running and we would just do that every once in a while and you just do them in big batches so it was good and remember once it dries you're good it doesn't go bad so let us know how you dry your food and what you use and what you want to dry and if there's anything that you you have any questions you have let us know give us a shout out you can hit us at our facebook page or instagram they're both backyard gardens the movie our website's backyardgardensthemovie.com and we'd love to hear more from you we check out our back episodes that we're releasing and share us and give us a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. It'll really help us out and get us in front of more people because we always want to learn how to grow and grow for change. And our recipe for today is going to come from my lovely wife, Kelly, and she's going to tell us whatever it is. I don't know what it is. It's a surprise. So this recipe is a rosemary thyme lemon and garlic herb mix. And we're going to give a shout out to cravingsomethinghealthy.com, which is where I'm getting it from. You would take half a cup of packed rosemary leaves, half a cup of packed thyme leaves, and we're talking fresh here, zest two lemons, and take a head of garlic cloves peeled. Put them all in a food processor, process for a few minutes, lay them out on a baking sheet, and then just set them aside somewhere warm and dry for about four to eight hours. And once they're dry, then you're good to go. Pack it up and use it for your next recipe. So I don't even know. What would you put that on? I would put it on fish. Oh, yeah. Oh, I bet it'd be good on tofu. What it would think? be good on tofu. Right, and as the, and um, If you're a chicken eater, it would be good on chicken. Yeah, so it's kind of like a rub. Yeah, a savory, savory rub. And can you put it in a shaker and shake it on your food? Uh, if your shaker had large enough holes, you could. You can get those at the Dollar Tree, by the way. Don't forget about the Dollar Tree when you're doing this. It'll uh, it'll save you a lot of money. So, and then if you're going to use dry herbs, there's a conversion. Uh, it's one teaspoon. If you need, uh, just looking real quick on Martha Stewart, uh, says, if a recipe calls for one tablespoon of fresh oregano, you only need one teaspoon of dried. So if you're going to use dried herbs, you cut it down by that much. So it's one tablespoon of fresh equals one teaspoon of dried. I don't. Why would that be? I don't know, but I'm just going to add this in here that I am a natural born baker. And until I met my husband, I really couldn't cook. I thought I could, but I really couldn't. And I certainly couldn't season food. She's learning. And, uh, you know, you read these recipes and one teaspoon of anything is hardly enough unless it's salt. But, you know, if something calls for one teaspoon of dried any sort of herb, I've, I've learned to just eyeball it and throw in what I want. Well, one teaspoon of salt for you is not enough for me. I need a tablespoon. I'm a salt freak. <laughs> yeah. He's got the salt. I got the sugar. Yeah. And then one thing I did forget that we dried a lot of, which I can't believe you forgot, was we would, um, in orange season in the wintertime, uh, orange peels and lemon peels. You just set them out and dry them, and then you can put them and mix them in different things. Um, we would make cleaners and stuff like that, like herbal cleaners. 
and we could you could flavor them and make things smell different. So that's another thing to try. And you can put it in your um, like if you want to make a scented olive oil, we did that a lot too. So, um, but that's it for today. Let us know um, what you like, and if you're on Instagram and you've used any of our recipes, use the hashtag Backyard Gardens the movie, and we let's show us what you're using, and we'd love to see it. So thanks a lot, everybody. Have a good day. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.